You're listening to the Second Breaks Podcast. This is episode number 66. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Second Breaks Podcast, a weekly show where we explore all the ways that we can make a move in today's world. And it means so much to me that you tune in every week. I so appreciate it. And uh, if this is the first time that you are discovering the podcast, welcome. Just a brief uh, introduction here. My name is Lou Blazer. I am a career pivot mentor and a second breaker myself. And I am thrilled that I get to be a part of your day for a few minutes every week. Now, today is a very special episode for me because we are talking about mental health, specifically depression. Why are we talking about this topic? You might be wondering. Well, next week is Mental Illness Awareness Week, and I thought that it might be relevant and useful to talk about my own experience with respect to this topic, with respect to depression, how it has impacted my career, and what I've done and continue to do to address and manage it so that it doesn't affect me too much and it doesn't derail my progress and my work. Now, I know that not all of the listeners of the show suffer from depression, but I think that most, if not all of us, have at one point or another experienced a low point in our careers that's made us feel really down or depressed. So I think some of the things that I'm going to talk about may may resonate at least. I personally have suffered through depression all my life, but I've only really understood it in 2006 when it was diagnosed that I was clinically depressed. In 2006, I was on top of my corporate career. On the outside, you wouldn't notice something was wrong. I had what they call high-functioning depression. Another name for it or another term for it is persistent depressive disorder or PDD. And uh, it is difficult to detect it in others because everything seems fine on the surface or on the outside. But internally, the person who's suffering from PDD is struggling. And that was exactly how I felt back in 2006. So on my own accord, I went to see a therapist. And for the first time in my whole life, I finally understood what was going on with me. Now, when I first saw the therapist, when I first met with her, I was initially given meds. But after a couple of weeks, I told my therapist that I, um, I wanted to uh, get off them. I asked her to take me off them. I didn't want to take meds because I felt that I wouldn't know if I was getting better or if it was just the meds that were making me feel better. So I asked my therapist to, to take me off. Now, I am not a therapist. I've got no medical training whatsoever, so I am not giving an advice here nor am I making any kind of judgment. I'm just sharing what I was thinking back then and what my experience was with respect to managing the depression. So like I said, I spoke with my therapist and I asked her to take me off my meds after a couple of weeks. She agreed to do that on the condition that I took 
extra steps to watch myself and also to stick to a very regular therapy session with her. And so every week I have to see her, sometimes actually twice a week, but I had to see her very regularly as a part of my talk therapy. So that process, that way of managing it went well for a while. And then in 2013, I experienced a pretty major setback that set off a serious depression phase in my life. Now, I talked about this in episode 26, where I shared my lessons learned from my career pivot. So I'm not going to go into the details here, but I will put a link to that previous episode on the show notes. But The essence of it is that I found myself in a very stressful work environment. It was a workplace that wasn't very healthy for me. I was working seven days a week, 16 to 18 hour days. I wasn't, I wasn't getting much sleep. I was getting by with three, four hours sleep a night and they weren't even very restful sleep really. So. Like I said, it was, it wasn't very healthy workplace for me. My days were filled constantly with office politics, not the good ones either, and uh, backstabbing. The, the, the morale was low. And so there's a lot of, um, you know, backstabbing and people getting thrown under the bus. So it wasn't very healthy. And so I wasn't doing a, a good job also with uh, keeping to my coping mechanisms. So for example, I wasn't seeing a therapist during that time. I wasn't seeking help from anyone. I was just really applying myself to my work and working longer and longer hours. And so to make the long story short, I didn't go to good, I didn't do a good job taking care of myself. And before long, I was in a bad state of depression and I landed myself in a hospital in 2013. Now that's obviously a low point, but as I mentioned in episode 26, I am grateful for that now because that experience, that entire experience changed the trajectory of my career and my life, and and the way even that I take care of myself, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit here. But it was during the recovery period, during the self-care period, that I decided to explore other possibilities beyond the corporate arena. It was when I allowed myself to experiment and try on different hats and to see myself in different roles and to apply my skills in different ways. It was the period, it was when I decided to, uh, to start second breaks. So there's definitely a silver lining there. Now I am told that you never really get rid of clinical depression, that you can manage it. You can keep it at bay. You can do things so that it doesn't rule your life or it doesn't affect you negatively and you're able to manage it or keep it at bay, like I said. So I want to share with you the the five things that I do today uh, to uh, manage the depression. First off, I just, I wanted to clarify something uh, and to get clear on something. I still do not take meds. So I have remained true to my original position about this. And uh, again, it's just just the way that I reconcile it in my head. Uh, but these are all the things that I do to take care of myself. Five things that I do to take care of myself and stay vigilant. Number one, I seek professional help. 
Now, immediately after the events of 2013, I went back to seeing my therapist weekly. Now, I don't do that anymore. I don't see her every week, but I do see her from time to time. And especially when I feel the man in the black suit with the black hat is getting a little too close for comfort. <laughs> Let me just explain that. You're probably going, what? That's how I visualize the depression in my head. He's a man in a black suit, you know, and black tie and a black hat. I don't know why I think of the depression that way, but that's how I see it in my head. Now, this man with a black suit and a black hat, he's, he's with me all the time. Uh, he's never really gone away, but he's just farther away from me. Like he's like right now he's in the other room. I don't even see him. I just know that he's there, but he's in the other room. But when I feel that he's getting a little too close for comfort for me, uh, that's when I double up on my therapist visits and I know that I need to take care of myself. Uh, uh, you know, I, I need to be more conscious about that. So yeah, I do seek professional help. Number two, I've opened up to a couple of my trusted friends. Uh, I, I, there are a couple of friends of mine who know exactly what I am going through or that I, they understand. They know that I do have this tendency. And, uh, so that I know that I can call on someone who understands me, who understands my situation. When I'm going through something and I need to reach out to someone, I know that there's someone I can connect with. And this is very important to know in your gut that you are not alone, you are never alone, and that there's always someone out there who can uh, you can go to and can be with you and you can talk to. So um, yeah, that's very important. So number three, and this is my most important activity of the day, I watch the sun rise. Now, I'm, uh, I wake up early anyway, so I usually wake up at 5.30 in the morning. Uh, and so I have a cup of coffee and then I put on my, my running shoes. I head out, I do my steps, and then I watch the sun rise. I may not catch it every day, but I would say at least five, six times a day, uh, six times a week, I catch the sunrise. I will tell you that catching the sunrise is like my natural meds. It is by far the number one thing that I do that keeps my spirits up and keeps me in a positive frame of mind. And, the, you know, when things are going on, like if I'm traveling or things are going on and I'm not able to catch the sunrise several days in a row, I feel uh, I feel the things a little off kilter. And so I, I double down on the sunrises. So, yes, unfortunately, I live in Florida. So this is one uh, benefit of living in Florida. So if you know me or if you've followed me a while, you know that I actually am. I call New York home and I miss New York tremendously every day, almost, except between January and March, I miss New York. But this is one of the benefits of living in Florida because there is always the sun. The sun, it, you know, I never miss a sunrise. And even when it's cloudy, when it, even when it starts cloudy, the sun always rises and I always see it. So, of course, the sun rises everywhere. That sounds stupid. But you know what I mean? In, in Florida, it's very visible and, you know, and I'm able to to keep to, to this. <laughs> I just realized it sounded funny or that sounded weird, but you know what I mean, right? I mean, yes. <laughs> so, okay. So the, the fourth thing that I do is with, you know, kind of in my self-care uh, mechanisms or coping mechanisms, I 
uh, is that I fill my head with positivity. And I, I'm not into listening to purely inspirational and motivational messages that, that, you know, listening to those kinds of things don't do anything for me. My way of filling my head with inspiration is through learning. So as long as I'm learning something new, I feel inspired and motivated. So what I do is I listen to, for example, I listen to podcasts where I'm always learning something new. I read books where I can pick up some new things to learn and apply, you know, to that kind of stuff. I also surround myself with positive people. That's very important for me because we feed off each other's positive energy. And I've learned to stay away from energy vampires those people who just like suck the positivity out of a room you know the kind right so i've learned to stay away from those people or with your people who are like that or like if if something i i find myself in a situation where you know i i've uh for a good period of time, I am with someone who's like that. I just make sure that I then balance it out by filling my head with other positive messages and, and being around positive people after afterwards. So that's that. Does that make me sound weird? Hopefully you're not thinking that I sound weird. Uh, also, just so you know, I am not woo-woo. The people who know me will tell you that I am the farthest thing from woo-woo. So I don't know if this is sounding quite woo-woo to you, but trust me, it is not. I don't feel that way. I need a, a bit of training in the woo-woo side. But anyway, the fifth thing that I do in my coping mechanisms is that I journal. So I don't write every day, though. I'm not a daily journaler, but I, I do it with some regularity. Uh, the, the thing that I have been working extra hard on doing is that I've, I've been working hard to capture my thoughts when I am feeling especially great or positive about my life, about my work that I'm trying to do, about the world, which I you know, with everything that's happening, especially here in the U.S., feeling positive about the world is getting harder and harder these days, but I try, right? So whenever I feel especially positive about, like I said, my life or the work that I'm doing, second breaks, the people who I'm helping, the people that I'm reaching out to, uh, the connections that I'm making, I try to capture those moments in writing uh, more than... I, you know, I've journaled also when I am feeling low or my spirits are, are down. I still do that. But like I said, I just try to remember to capture the positive moments. Because I think that's another thing that we probably need to, just as a general statement, we all could use a little bit more of is just recognizing those, being aware of those positive moments. And because they are, sometimes we, we miss those positive moments. We remember the, the, the negative ones because they are heavier. And so we remember those, but we, we forget about the things that are, that are great that's happening in our lives around us with the people that we love. And, um, you know, they're, they're fleeting and we, we, we're not able to hold on to them. So anyway, so yeah, so I journal every, you know, uh, like I said, not every day, but with some regularity. So there you have it. Those are the five things that I do to keep that man in the black suit, in the black hat <laughs> far enough away. Um, so to recap, um, I seek professional help. Uh, number two, I've opened up to a couple of my trusted friends so that I, I know I have someone who understands me that I can go to if I need to talk to someone. 
I uh, catch the sunrise uh, as much as I can. Uh, most uh, most days of the week, I would say. I fill my head with positivity by listening to things that are inspirational, meaning for me, that means that I am uh, learning something. I also uh, surround myself with positive people. And then number five, I journal and I try to capture the, the moments in my life where I feel the most positive about uh, the work that I'm doing, about myself, about my life. Those are the things that are working for me right now. Now, I just want to emphasize something. I don't have medical training, like I said before, so I'm not at all saying that this is not prescriptive, basically, is what I'm saying. I am just sharing with you the things that are working with me or working for me, I should say, and that maybe by sharing these experiences that you might find some new ways of managing uh, bouts of depression or feelings of anxiety yourself. If there is one thing that I would absolutely recommend, it is to seek professional help. There is no stigma around seeking help. Please, if that's what's worrying you, if that's what's stopping you from, from seeking help, there is nothing wrong with asking for help or seeing a professional, really. That's just, you know, you're just taking care of yourself. So please don't let that bother you. And um, so if you are feeling anxious, if you're feeling... Uh, you know, prolonged periods of depression, especially when it's not situational depression, particularly you want to seek help, right? If you happen to be someone who's not yourself experiencing depression or have never felt yourself really in this space, I just would ask for your empathy and understanding. There are lots of people who have this condition and some of them may be people you come in contact with regularly. I know for myself, for example, the number one thing that I would appreciate from someone is his or her empathy. I don't need anyone necessarily to fix things for me. Knowing that someone has understanding or has empathy is is highly appreciative and I, I, I would be so grateful for that. Okay, so that's all for this week's episode. I hope that you found this episode useful. I do want to thank you for being there on the other side of the microphone because I will tell you this one here, this episode is a huge milestone for me to be finally able to talk about this openly. I uh, I wanted to remove the stigma and the shame around it. Uh, So being able to finally talk about this It's a huge milestone for me, so thank you so much for being there. If you have any questions or thoughts about this, please email me directly, lou at secondbreaks.com, or you can DM me on Instagram. You can find me at secondbreaks on Instagram. All right, it'll be back to regular programming next week. I will be back with a new guest, I promise, to help you and inspire you and get your mojo going so that you can make your career move and create the career you want and live the life you want to live. Okie dokie. In the meanwhile, keep on making your debt, my friends. Cool beans.